Hello and welcome to Modern Beers and 90s Nostalgia. This is episode 16 and I am your host Justin Lamb. It's an exciting time to be here because it is a brand new year. It is 2018 and it is January, which means there are some new beer releases out that we're going to go into. I am joined a little later in the show by a very special friend of mine and uh, resident James Bond expert, Sarah Johnson, so we will talk to her shortly. But I want to jump right into it because one of my favorite beers just came out, so uh, stick around, episode 16, let's do this. Um, I do pick a lot of Michigan beers because I do live in Michigan, but the nice thing with beers from Bells or Founders, are you can find them around the entire country, and so when they have limited releases like this, you can still participate, whether you are in some other podunk town or you're right here in Michigan. Unfortunately, if you are one of my subscribers or listeners there in uh, Portugal or Australia or uh, ugh, all over the place... Thank you guys, by the way. You cannot try these beers, but I'm sure you can find similar uh, beers or maybe just similar styles where you are at. Let me know what they are. I'd love to see. I'd love to see some like double IPAs from Portugal. But with that, I want to jump right into January's beer release. Uh, this came out January 2nd, uh, 2018, and they will be distributing around the country by the end of the month. Uh, if you're listening to this and it's still January, you can probably still get this. Though if it's February or later, uh, good luck, I guess. But this is Bell's Brewing, and this is Hop Slam Ale. This is a double IPA brewed with honey. This comes out every January. Everybody kind of looks forward to it. If you have uh, a lot of beer drinkers on your Instagram feed or Facebook friends, you typically will start seeing pictures pop up at different grocery stores and liquor stores that have stacks of this. Um, I was able to find one pretty early this year, so I'm pretty excited about that. Before I tell you about the beer a little bit more, let's crack one open. It does come in cans, as you can hear. Oh, that's fantastic. I missed you. I missed you, Hop Slam. Um, like I said, it comes out once a year. Shelf life is only three months, so if you are finding it in the summer, uh, report that liquor store to your local vendor, because... That shouldn't be happening. The alcohol, 10%. So even though it's a 12-ounce can, maybe uh, slow it down a little bit. Don't want to get too crazy. A lot, of, a lot of higher alcohol beers going out there. It's almost like a contest that happens nowadays. So make sure you're aware of that and you're not doing anything too stupid like I do all the time. Uh, Bell's description of the beer, starting with six different hop uh, varietals. I don't think that's a word, but sure it is. Starting with six different hop varieties added to the brew kettle and culminating with a massive dry hop edition of Simcoe Hops, Bell's Hop Slam Ale possesses the most complex hopping schedule in the Bell's repertoire. Selected specifically because of their aromatic qualities, these Pacific Northwest varieties contribute a pungent blend of grapefruit, stone fruit, and floral notes, which you can definitely get all that almost immediately when you're drinking this. A generous malt bill and solid dollop of honey provide just enough body to keep the balance in check resulting in a remarkably drinkable rendition of the Double India Pale Ale style. Now, I will say this is, uh, like Bell's Oberon, every year it seems to be a little bit different. Um, depends, obviously, on the crops that year and uh, the honey they use. There's a lot of factors that go into 
the taste of the beer. So the recipe can be the same, but because it's it's grown ingredients, it can also be very different every year. Well, not very different, but variations. Um, f- fun story. I'm typically in the Upper Peninsula in January for about a week every year for work. This year I'm not, which is nice because winter is sucking a lot. But there's a bar up there that gets Hop Slam every year, and it's a little dive bar, and I'm pretty sure they don't know what Hop Slam is for two main reasons. Number one is they charge the same as any other beer, and most of the time if you go somewhere that has Hop Slam on draft, it's going to be a little more expensive than your typical uh, craft beer. Number two, and probably most importantly, like I said, this is 10%. And if you go any to any bar or anything like that, you are going to get a 10% beer served in a snifter. Hop Slam at this specific bar is served in the same 32-ounce mug that all their other beers are. So you get 32 ounces of a 10% beer, which if you're doing that math, that's 3.2 ounces of pure alcohol, which is essentially, uh, I'm going to keep doing math here. It's hard, folks, but I'm going to try that's like, uh, what, six or seven shots of liquor? So, you know, you only need one. And then it'll cost you like eight bucks and then you'll be done, which is funny because a six pack of this costs anywhere from 15 to $22. So, if you are in the UP and you're up uh, near Houghton, there's a wonderful little Dave and Buster's style place that has Hop Slam every year. Check it out and get yourself a big old glass for a small ass price. This is uh, really delicious, though. I think they did a great job this year. I've had previous years where, uh, where the alcohol's overpowering or the honey's overpowering, but there's a good balance this year, like this batch. Uh, like I said, it is available in the stores, only in cans. They say that there's mini kegs in a limited quantity. I don't know where I would get one of those. I'm sure I could call around if I really wanted to, but I can only imagine what they're going to charge for a mini keg of Hop Slam. So that's five liters. I can get it on draft at certain bars, so check with your favorite little bar that does craft beers and see if you can find it, because it is a delicious, especially if you're an IPA fan. Uh, it's it's wonderful little balance, and that little honey at the tip of your tongue when you're drinking it is fantastic. Go get it. Go get some Bell's Hop Slam. What if I told you things that I had inside? Shoulder to cry on Someone that I can find right now So joining me now all the way from sunny Orlando, Florida where it's, I believe, about 65 degrees warmer than it is here in Michigan is Sarah Johnson, (laughs) uh, resident bond expert and I think I can explain that history a little more too. How are you doing, Sarah? Hey, good afternoon. Sarah, uh, I met Sarah working at Joe's Crab Shack, the greatest place on earth. Um, Which closed. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. I know. So sad. The Applebee's Uh, near me just closed, too. The whole world's going to shit. Oh. (laughs) Where where do do broke teens and 20-year-olds go to drink now? (laughs) I don't know. Where do they go to work? I think that's even worse. I'm right. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Sarah, me, and my long ex-girlfriend used to get together and watch movies and drink Kahlua Special all night long because uh, we were like 20, 21. <laughs> so why not? I was 21. I yeah. bought it. <laughs> I, there <you> go. <laughs> don't worry, guys. 
It's all legit. Um, yeah, yeah, good time. It was legal. It was legal. But uh, I obviously knew about <laughs> I knew about Bond because it was out at that time, and by that time we had I think all of them. Two thousand two is when Die Another Day came out for the Brosnan movies. Um, Which that one? Well, we'll yeah, talk about. We'll that get there. Later. <laughs> <laughs> but Sarah introduced me to all the previous Bonds: the Roger Moore's, the uh, Sean Connerys, yeah. the Timothy Dalton. Did I say that? Yeah, Timothy Dalton. Sarah, what's your favorite Bond? I know you told me this before. I don't remember. Um, so I, it depends and it really depends on my mood. I am an untraditionalist. Um, I kind of have one with my favorite, like each of the bonds. Um, I love me some GoldenEye, man. I really do. GoldenEye's a fucking classic. Um, for the new bonds. However, (laughs) old bond, I go octopusy. Okay. Octopusy is, uh, octopusy is my jam. 80s 80s bond so roger moore it's funny because 80s bond like box office wise was some of the worst bonds in the entire franchise oh octopussy people don't like octopussy but it was just so ridiculous i don't know it really went over the edge and the, and the jokes, like they got away with some of the most vile Bond jokes because it's easy, you know, with Pussy Galore, it was easy. But, you know, there's a part of Octopussy where uh, the Bond girl, who is Octopussy, she has a tattoo like on her stomach, but it's really, really low. And Bond sees it and he's like, what is that? And she's like, oh, that's just my little Octopussy. And it's like, oh my God, just the way she says it, it's so ridiculous and vile. I know this movie is probably rated like PG because it was the 80s. That one, that one kind of goes down. And then um, Live and Let Die. Live and Let Die is up there, which I know I'm sure you and I watched. Yeah, and Live and Let Die has probably the, the best uh, song of all the Bond movies. Song? I don't know. There's some that I really hated, too. There, well, some of I, the songs really. I feel like a lot of them were garbage. I mean, you get your, your little gems. I get the, the world is not enough theme stuck in my head all the time for no reason. I haven't seen that movie in years. <laughs> uh, that movie also has my favorite Bond line, which is at the very end with uh, Denise Richards and him. Oh, of course it is. Christmas. You thought Christmas only came once a year. Yes. Fantastic. I was like, that yes. is the yes. most sexual cheesiest line I've ever heard. It's fantastic. Ridiculous. And they and they just get away with it. And yeah. you know, people take their kids to Bond movies and shit. It's great. Goldeneye. So you said you Goldeneye is your favorite Eye. of the recent ones, so, right? I love Goldeneye, but here I'm kind of conflict, not conflicted, but I may be influenced because of the Nintendo 64 game. It's funny because I, when I think of the movie now, I have problems like thinking of the scenes not in like 64 bit. Like I think of them <laughs> in the context of the game, yeah. and I just loved that game so much. Maybe it's maybe I just really like. The- game maybe the movie's not even that good that game is the best ever so i had to double check this when i was doing the research on this i didn't realize and i think at the time because i didn't really know who she was but famke jansen is xenia on a top yeah thank you um Uh, yes she is i signed a contract that i don't have to say (laughs) russian names during this podcast so i appreciate that Uh, 
<laughs> I got it. I'm all over it. No, I, I didn't realize that because I knew her, I mean, later, obviously, from X-Men. Um, and then she's done a bunch of stuff since then. But I had to go in. And even on the cover, if you look at the GoldenEye cover and you look at her, I still didn't believe it was her. Like, I was going to IMDb and going through images. I was like, okay, I can see in this one picture that's her. But it, it just doesn't look like her, especially how you know her now. But I do. <laughs> so GoldenEye is my least no, favorite. No, on the cover? GoldenEye is your least favorite? Really? And one of those reasons is the N64 game. All my friends oh, played my the game, God. and I was fucking that. terrible at it. <laughs> I was that guy, like, you'd head over, and there was four of you play in, and I was the guy that's, like, just died constantly. Like, what do you do over here? Oh, I just fucking die constantly. Everyone's really good at it. I just fucking die constantly. I was terrible at the game, uh, so I hated you know, there it. Was, there was an award. What was the award in the game? I think, like, if, if you, like, constantly killed yourself, like, with the proximity mines and shit, yeah. you got the Lemming Award. I probably did that. Yeah. <laughs> You, that was probably you. Oh, I was violent with N64 because this was my, like, what, sophomore year of high school, maybe junior year of high school. Yeah. So, and I was clearly, like, the girl in the group of my guy friends. So we would sit around and play 64, like, all day and do the four playing. And I can pronounce Xenia top so well because <laughs> I would only play a Xenia on a top. So, like, all my guys, like, they wanted to be the fun villains and this and that. Like, fuck that. I was Xenia on a top <laughs> every time. And I slayed. It was my jam. I've actually tried looking now for in an N64 just to play the game again. Like, recently, huh. in the last month or two. I literally I just sold again. an N64, like, two weeks ago. <laughs> Damn it! You really think that Goldeneye... I don't know, man. That Holly Berry one was really bad. Okay, yeah, the Holly Berry true. bond was really shitty. Yeah, no, I, I'll give you that. I guess I would have to watch Goldeneye again. I've seen Die Another Day more recently, and that's, yeah, that's not a great movie. I really liked Tomorrow Never Dies and The World Is Not Enough, even though The World Is Not Enough got, like, uh, ripped apart because Denise Richards is, you know, the worst. I mean, she's hot. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's hot. Okay, she's a Bond girl. Like, were really any of the Bond girls great actresses? I mean, later, sure, I guess Holly Berry is one, like, Oscar. But, yeah. like, that's not what you're there for. And the world is Just not enough. For like, yourself, I really Sarah. like... <laughs> I really liked the um I liked the story. I liked the Sophie Marceau character and her like I don't know, I thought she was pretty genuine. Yeah. You didn't know if she was good or bad and what she was doing. I I liked it. Tomorrow Never Dies, I had it hot for Terry Hatcher at the time, so I was like, yes, that's what I'm talking about. That's kind of a mom thing, isn't it? Isn't she like 50? Oh, I mean, now, yeah. But at the time, she was, uh, it was what is it, Lois and Clark or something, that show? I was all over that. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, she was. Look at that. Give me some Terry Hatcher. <laughs> but yeah, um, I didn't know that up until Pierce Brosnan every other Bond wasn't allowed to do other movies while they were in a contract to play Bond. I did not know that. Isn't that crazy? I w which is really crazy for me, especially with like 
Sean Connery. Because you don't, you didn't think Roger Moore. I don't even know if he ever did anything else, and yeah. Dalton especially. But like, really, Sean Connery? Really? Well, I think that's why but, most of us know Sean Connery, like for his later gray beard look, because that's that's when he was finally out of the contract and he could go do other movies. It's very true. Very true. But Pierce Brosnan did uh, Thomas Crown Affair in 99 while he was still in the contract of Bond. Great, great fucking movie. So I really like that movie. And Renee Russo, another lady who I was like, I don't know what I liked these 30-somethings when I was a teenager, but um, <laughs> weird complex. But the uh, Thomas Crown Affair was so close not. to Bond that I, it drove me a little nuts. Like he was this kind of like spyish type guy who stole artwork and... Fair enough. Great movie. And it's funny you mentioned Rene Russo because like my when that movie came out, so my high school boyfriend that I had the whole time, all of high school, we, I remember we went and saw this movie and he was like totally into Rene Russo and I think we got in like a fight about it because I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? She's like 50 because at that age, you know, everyone over yeah. the age of 20... Fifty. Um, I'm like, that's gross, dude. And he's like, no, she's really hot. And I'm like, you're fucking freaking me out, dude. And now <laughs> I can watch it and look and like really appreciate. Renee is pretty banging in Thomas Brown. Yeah, she was. Good for her. Good for she her. Got it. The world is. World's Not Enough 99, and then... See, we don't even have to talk about Dino today. It's in 2002. It's technically outside the realm of the podcast. <laughs> we'll just forget the movie existed. Yeah, let's let's not. And I'm glad, because I really can't even get into these new Bonds. I can't. I can't do Thank it. So I'm you. glad it's not Thank you. Because they fucking suck. Oh, I love you for they saying that. They hurt me. As a Bond fan, I hate them with like a fiery passion i really do but le okay let's talk uh let's talk the theme songs from the pierce brosnan ones because you had cheryl crow you had garbage um oh, who was the other one i'm getting and then, the i'm using the youtube not yep, the youtube get it, what's it called get it out use it all right tina turner tina turner did Eye. what yeah no way what the hell um, and Madonna did die another day. Well, suits her. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. Right? The shitty... Because it was like... I remember now is that like shitty like pop kind of electro Madonna when she was in that weird phase. And... That the, lasted too long, The theme the song is like that too. Yeah, she has lasted too long. She's a dinosaur. Yeah. Um... People defend Madonna a lot, and I don't know why. Like, don't get me wrong, her, like, Immaculate Collection 80s, early 90s stuff is fantastic, but um, the Ray of Light shit, like, I don't do that. Can't do that, sorry. No, no, I and I wanted to. I really wanted to. I just, no, no, it doesn't do it for me. I'm still blown uh, away, music Tina was Turner. Fun. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We have like a sound clip of this. Can we listen to that? Uh, I will, yeah, I'm going to pull it up right now. And then I'm going to edit it into the podcast. Darkness in the depths. See him surface 
how I um, I apparently really love the game more than the movie because <laughs> I don't even remember that song at all and it's really terrible. I don't like it when they ma- they throw the title in in a place just like it seems like this title doesn't go here but we need to throw it in the song somewhere so it's just taking the place of some other lyric. <laughs> so I think the test of a Bond song very much like Live and Let Die is if it can stand on its own as a real quality song. Live and Let Die, clearly. Um, But The World Is Not Enough was very much just a pure garbage ballad. If that had been on a garbage album, it would have fit right in. You would have not been surprised at all. Speaking of killing main characters, um, here's here's a few sad facts that I dug up from the internet. Um, Oh, great. This sounds fun. Desmond Llewellyn, who played Q in, what, a billion? No, 17 Bond films. uh, Died in car accident. In, like, all of them. Yeah. So there's, I think there's a level of, like, morbid irony here that he died in a car accident and he was the guy that was coming up with all the the gadgets and all the cars that could do the crazy Uh stuff. Um, But, yeah, right Uh after World is Not Enough, he died. That was very sad. And then, so... Which, then they tried to replace him. That's not okay. Yeah, no. Uh... I feel like that could have been addressed better than just like a shout out in the DVD of World is Not Enough. Pierce Brosnan, so this this is the most depressing thing ever, but I'm going to read it anyway. Pierce Brosnan's late wife acted in a Bond film for your eyes only and wanted her husband to be James Bond, but then she died of ovarian cancer in 91 and then five years or four years later is when he was finally cast as Bond. And then his daughter died of ovarian cancer in like 2002. Yeah. What? Yeah, that's... I didn't know, like, Pierce Brosnan had such a wow. like, tragic family life. So, yeah, that's super sad. That's terrible. It is. Uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, which I need to rewatch this now because of this little fact, where Brosnan received seven to eight stitches in the side of his face when a stuntman's helmet ran into it, so the remainder of the film only shows one side of his face. And I feel like that's something you'd pick up on, right. but apparently I didn't. Um, I feel like you would notice. <laughs> Man, I totally agree. Have to watch it yeah. just just to know. Or how about this, guys? Let's make a drinking game out of it. Go watch Tomorrow Never Dies, and anytime you see his whole face, take a shot. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I love it. Perfect. I'm going to have to take shots now with that sad news, man. That was really, really depressing. Yeah, I'm here to brighten your day. That's, that's why I come here. Yeah. That's heavy, dude. Isn't that just the worst? But so, Goldeneye video game. Did they make video games for the other Bond movies? Um, I think they did. So, if I'm remembering right, you know, circa what ninety seven or however late this was, um, I believe that they did. But they changed either like the interface or the format, and it just like it wasn't the same. It didn't. It didn't work. 
it, the the multiplayer, which everybody played Bond for the multiplayer. Yeah. Like that's what we were trying to do. Kill your friends. Is kill our friends. <laughs> um, and I think they I think they took that out because um, I remember getting it and being super super stoked, and then they just made it way too serious. So well, the fail. funny thing about Goldeneye, Goldeneye the movie comes out in '95. The game for '64 didn't come out until '97. So, and which is the year that Tomorrow Never wow. Dies comes out. That's because video game development. I mean, they're like, uh, it's going to take us a couple of years to put this together. We're only on Nintendo, folks. Really? <laughs> what, let's talk real quick Bond villains from the Brosnan movies. Um, well, Carver's pretty much Donald Trump, so there's that. <laughs> um. <laughs> Topical. Uh. <laughs> uh, am I wrong? I mean, it's pretty damn close. Yeah, I, I'll give you that. And then can we can we just pick people from the Trump cabinet for each villain? <laughs> Who do you <laughs> Now, which one uh is it the one yeah, the one in uh World is Not Enough, the guy with like the weird eye and the shaved head and That is yeah, because he was the guy that um was like was in love with Sophie Marceau, right? Yeah. Like yeah. And he had like a they had their... in his brain, so he had no pain sensors. Yeah, that made him crazy or something, yeah. and yes, um, he was good though. Yeah. I liked him, and he's, there was a little depth there. He's Again, my fave. why the '90s Bond movies are are so good? Um, well, oh, but Goldeneye. Okay, so you have uh, what was Double O? So Bond is Double O Seven. Um, he was like a rogue agent. It was like Double O Six or some shit that oh, he yeah, yeah, went yeah. off, and he was. You know what's great in Goldeneye too, and I I come back to it because I totally, again, I remember his character in the game. So when I <laughs> saw the side by side pictures, was like the the Russian guy that like helped Bond and they met in like the abandoned park or whatever. Yeah, is totally Hagrid from Harry Potter. Oh yeah, for sure. He's the same guy that uh, has the caviar factory with that the helicopter with the saws goes through. Yes, oh, it's that's crazy. I didn't even put that together either. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh man, it blew my mind. I know. Good James Bond and same Harry day. Potter. He is set for the rest of his fucking life. <laughs> Well, we're going to close it up here. I'm finishing up my hop slam, and uh, Sarah's, I'm sure, drinking something Ooh, there. Delicious. Uh, and I want to thank Sarah for joining me here, talking about James Bond, Pierce Brosnan, and the yeah, wonderful man. Austin. Anytime. Performance. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all at Beers and 90s. And you can email me, justin at justinlammusic.com, or check out more about the podcast at justinlammusic.com slash podcast. Let me know what you think. Shout out to all my subscribers there in random places like Australia and Portugal and Spain and uh, Saudi Arabia. Someone downloaded That was interesting. Sarah's making a lot of noise for some nice. reason. It's very strange. Are you nice. a dryer there? <laughs> no, I'm actually standing still. 
All right. That's Florida. <laughs> hurricane. Florida. Hurricane. It's a hurricane in the background, guys. <laughs> uh, join us next week. Thanks so much. Have fun. Bye bye. six feet tall by the time he was 11 what <laughs> and this terrible article is says that made him an easy target for bullies what kind of bullies giant bullies <laughs> what? Like who, what, what kid on the playground is bullying the six foot tall kid? hey tall guy what are you gonna do hit me yeah because he's six feet tall and he's 11 you weirdo what are you talking about <laughs>